What if the Oklahoma City Thunder get the number one overall pick? What are their lottery odds? And what would Victor do for basketball in Oklahoma City? We'll talk about all that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Oklahoma City Locked On Thunder podcast, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is an app where you can create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA to get $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We're going to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder Lottery odds. What if they leap up and get the number one overall selection? What does that do for Oklahoma City to bring in Victor and Bignana? And we're going to do some tankathon spins as well to see what the different scenarios are out there for the Thunder in the draft. So we're going to start our NBA draft prospect profile and projection episodes. But for day one, let's have some fun, right? Because pretty soon it'll be lottery night and we won't get to have these dreams and visions anymore because, well, it'll just be simply time to to face reality in 20 days, 20 hours, and nine minutes from now. So it's going to be interesting to see that on lottery night, whoever ends up with the first overall pick. But technically speaking, it could be the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we're going to get into all of that. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball, even in the offseason. Subscribe on YouTube and any other podcasting platforms that you have. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. We're going to be here for you every single day. On tomorrow's show, we're going to do an NBA draft profile and projection on one of my favorite prospects in this draft. One of the dream scenarios for the Thunder in this draft, uh, Drees Walker. So look forward to that as well for you everyday listeners. But let's start by laying out the lottery odds for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they came into the, the offseason tied with Chicago for the 11th best odds in the NBA. Uh, a a pseudo coin flip, which is actually just more ping pong ball drawings because we know that NBA loves to prop up big ping pong. Uh, it, it ended up not going OKC's way. So they lose the tiebreaker to Chicago. And now they have a 1.7% chance to get the number one overall pick. A 1.9% chance to get the second overall pick. A 2.1% chance to get the third overall pick and a 2.4% chance to get the fourth overall pick. Their most likely outcome is the 12th overall pick at 85.2%. They have a 6.7% chance of dropping to number 13, and a tenth of a percent of dropping to number 14. So in all likelihood, uh, we're going to look after draft night, and this will be the 12th overall pick for the Oklahoma City Thunder. However, we've seen... Many times, teams jump up into the top four since the flattened lottery odds. Every year since they've flattened the lottery odds, a team has jumped into the top four. So it's going to be interesting to see who that team is if that streak continues 
for this season. And if you want to put on your tinfoil hat, you know, Dallas, you know, they, they, they totally and absolutely tanked. And, and while that's not a big deal, what is a big deal is the, is the way that they did it, right? They did it as they were in contention for a playing spot. They did it publicly in the sense of like Jason Kidd just openly admitting, yeah, we're tanking and, and the front office told us to stop playing. Like they, they did it so publicly that the NBA had to do something and they fined them almost a million dollars. You can't take away a first round pick in terms of like forfeiting it. You just can't do that. You can do it for second round picks and whenever it happens with tank, uh, tampering and stuff like that. But you, you just cannot do a first overall pick. However, a pseudo way to do it for the NBA is to allow somebody to jump the Mavericks. Because if the Mavericks get jumped, that pick goes to New York. So that pick is owed to New York and the Knicks. And then the, the, the Mavericks do not have a first round pick that they tank so hard for. And I think that you're seeing a little bit of why it was frustrating for the league to, to see the Mavericks tank. Not that the lottery is rigged. In fact, I don't believe it's rigged, but if it were rigged, these are reasons against the Mavericks getting some luck and fortune. You're seeing it right now with Miami. The heat got into the play in. They win the play in tournament in the sense of, you know, they lost their first game, won their second game. And now they're up three, one on the box because of just, you know, an unforeseen injury to the, to the star Giannis Anything can happen in, in a series. Things like that happen by nature. And you've gotten incredible historic performances from Jimmy Butler. Whereas, you know, the Mavericks, they had some work to do. They likely wouldn't have made it anyway. But them making it would put Luka and Kyrie on the grand stage. And when you do that, when you put those two kind of players on the biggest stage, they typically do not fall flat on their face. They typically rise to the occasion. And anything's possible past that. So I think that the league is still mad at that. Maybe maybe we can live in this dream scenario where something happens. Ultimately, though, this Thunder pick will likely be at 12. But if it's not, right, we still are in this world where it could be one. If the Thunder get the first overall pick, it would be pandemonium in the streets, obviously. You would literally, we've, we've been talking all year about this being house money and a house money season. You would literally have your cake and eat it too. You won 40 games this year. You got to the postseason, you played in two postseason games, and you still got the prize of the draft and the prize of the last ever NBA drafts. Like this is a generational talent, uh, you know, behind LeBron. Like this is a this is a more this is a bigger deal than it was to draft Zion. Like this is huge to be able to draft Victor. So it would be insane. And it would immediately give you one of the best young cores we've ever seen assembled to have Josh Giddy, SGA, Jalen Williams, Victor. And Chet, like th- that would be an absurd amount of potential talent. Now you've got to go realize that talent. You've got to go develop that talent. But like that would be an unbelievable starting point. This is only the third draft of this Thunder rebuild. If the Thunder do leap up, because you can only leap up to the top four, you're either going to be at, in the top four or stay at 12. You can't go anywhere in between. So if the Thunder do leap up, it would only be their second top five pick of this rebuild. The first was Chet Holmgren, who has not stepped on the floor yet. So, so capitalizing on this 8% chance to go to the top four would be huge if by some ping pong ball bouncing, it does, right? And, and the thing is, the Thunder have no control over this. No one has any control over this. So it's just a matter of like, if you get the right combination of, of ping pong balls. But if you did, Victor brings so much to the table. Just on the surface level of himself, right? He, he can shoot. He can score at all three levels. He can facilitate. He can play off ball. He can do everything on the floor. I think what it does also is it allows him to integrate into the NBA in an easier clip 
but also benefits your current players. Like, imagine next season where SGA, who's a 31-point-per-game scorer, gets to immediately, before you do any other offseason moves, you get two guys who can space the floor and take pressure off of him offensively and spread the defense out. It's already hard to contain SGA whenever you're not really worried about three or four of the offensive players in any given lineup around him. Now we have to worry about every single player on the floor. That would be that would be SGA taking an absurd leap in terms of like maybe not raw numbers, but in terms of of just easeability. Like it's it'd be much easier for him to do all the things he's already doing, and he's already doing it in an efficient clip. Like I, I that's what's so hard to imagine. Like this lineup's going to get better, no matter if you get the first overall pick or not. Like the, the players are going to develop, the guys are going to get they're going to get more shooting around these guys. It's going to get better anyway. What does an easier path for SGA look like? Because he's already efficient, so it wouldn't be like a bump in efficiency. He's already scoring 30 points a game. Like, what would it look like? Would it just be simply stuff we couldn't see, like taking taking uh, miles off of him, taking uh, bumps and bruises off of him where he's not having to to work as hard and have his high usage rate, and, and you're able to uh, do more maintenance with him and not sitting him out of games or like, or like adjusting his rotation, but just like you're not putting that wear and tear on him every single possession down the floor. It's just going to be awesome whenever that does happen, even if it even if it is the first overall pick or whoever it is. Like whenever the, the, the Thunder get more help around Shea, it's going to be awesome, and 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 help will be both external and internal. Like there's going to be guys, there's going to be these guys internally that just develop the shot and develop the the ability to play uh, at a high clip offensively that help him a lot. There's going to be guys that they bring in that'll do the same thing, but adding Victor to it would immediately break basketball because you'd have two guys who are seven. Foot seven one seven two seven four seven five whatever Victor is, and Chet Holmgren, who were two of the best rim protecting prospects we've ever seen, coming into the draft. To then anchor a defense that has SGA who grades out as an excellent defender, that has Lou Dort who keeps coaches up at night, and Dame admits is the best defender in the NBA. Like you're going to have J Dub who who played at an average level according to Synergy on defense as a rookie, which is very hard to do. You're going to have all these guys who have the frame and the ability and the athleticism to play good defense anchored by two elite rim protectors. That would be one of the immediately one of the best stories and teams to follow because can that work? Can it work with two stretch bigs like Chet and like J-Dub? I mean, I'm sorry, like Chet and like like Victor, along with J-Dub and SGA and all these other guys who you need to get touches to as well. So getting the first overall pick for OKC would not just be franchise-changing, it would be basketball changing. And we'll talk about Victor coming up. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at the Ultimate Basketball GM. Folks, go there right now to the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Download the app or go to probasketballgm.com. Use the code LOCKDOWN. Get 100% free boost to your game to start your franchise because it's going to be difficult. It's a long road ahead. It's like a, it's like a you know, expansion team that gets thrusted into the league and you've got to build them from the ground up. You've got to get the right coaches. You've got to get the right players. You've got to develop them. You've got to make the right draft picks, the right trades and get your team through free agency and everything else to get to the point where you can win championships. Uh, I have not won a championship yet. I've fallen shy each time, but it's possible because Pat, the designer of lockdown bulls and Nick Angston of lockdown Mavs have won four titles each and I don't have a single one. So what's that say about my ability to be a GM? Go over there right now to the ultimate pro basketball GM uh, and, and get yourself the game. It's so addicting. It's so fun. Again, hundred percent free boost with our code locked on at probasketballgm.com or scan the code on your screen right now. 
uh, and go to the app store for the ultimate pro basketball GM. That's probasketballgm.com. Go there and start your dynasty today. Also want to say right now about our good friends over at Ibotta. Ibotta is great because we all know that you're already going grocery shopping, shopping for school supplies, getting a little something for yourself. You're already doing all of that. So why not get cash back when you do with Ibotta? Ibotta is great. You can get cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Just go there right now and link your loyalty loyalty accounts or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. It's that simple. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip for you. Or you can use the cash back to buy that flight you've been looking at or that game you've been dying to go to. It's great for you to even go on a fancy dinner with all of the cash you're going to be saving and all of the cash back you're going to be getting from Ibotta. Uh, go to right now because a typical basket of groceries is over $50 more expensive uh, at the end of 2020 than it was at the beginning of the year due to inflation. Uh, you can earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more depending on how you use Ibotta. So go there right now. Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 uh, for just trying Ibotta using the code LOCKED whenever you go there. So go register right now for Ibotta. Use the code LOCKED to get $5 just right off the top. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store. Download the free Ibotta app. Use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in Google Play or App Store. Use code LOCKED and you get $5 just for doing that. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Pod, Pod, Podcast Network, your teams every day. Folks, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to today's Lockdown Thunder. Tomorrow, we're going to do the Drees Walker prospect profile and projection, one of my favorite prospects in the draft for the Thunder. Who knows if they're going to get there even uh, with, with the lottery luck and, and just how boards are going to take shape over the next few days. But we're talking right now about Victor Mignogna. It's a long shot. It's only a 1% chance, you know, 1.8% chance of happening. But through 28 games, Victor is averaging 21 points, 9 rebounds, 9.9, so just call it 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks, and a steal per game. Now, the block numbers, they're going to go down because like you just can't swat shots off the rim in the NBA, but it's still going to be an elite weapon for him to defend the rim at a high level in the NBA. He does have the ability to to swing the rock and to keep offenses moving, which is going to be a must to play for OKC. He's only 19 years old, has an amazing wingspan, does a really good job of defending without fouling, uh, and that's hard to do for a young big who wants to just block everything in sight. Really good rebounder, and we know what he can do scoring the basketball. He can shoot the three at a 30% clip. He shoots free throws at an 83% clip, which is usually more translatable to how good a guy can shoot at the NBA level. Uh, as you continue to work with him. He is an awesome player. And I think that his efficiency goes up. You know, he's, he only shoots 46% from the floor, um, you know, overseas right now. But as you put better players around him, that's going to go up as well. The putback that he had the, the other day off of a missed three is just stuff that we've never seen before. He is truly a generational talent and truly going to be a player that you want on your roster no matter who you are. And there's not really any concerns for Victor. The frame, you can have a concern about, but I don't buy that. Like we, We've seen guys of all body types be plagued with injuries, and all, all, all body types have no injuries at all. There's not a single injury in the world 
that you're going to get for being too skinny. It's just not. You're either going to get hurt or you're not. You could get hurt whenever you're built like a Greek god. You can get hurt whenever you're too skinny. You can get hurt whenever you're too big, whatever it is. You can get hurt anytime you want to, uh, and, and no one hopes that they get hurt. And part of the reason why I think that this conversation is disingenuous is none of us know. None of us are doctors. None of us have the details that we need to have to, to project these things, and you can't project these things. It's disingenuous because you can take the side of Victor's too small. He's going to get beat up and hurt in the NBA. And at 7'2", we've seen that high mileage big men of 7' foot plus typically do get hurt in a decade or so. Typically have a hard time lasting on the floor. I'll say this. Pause the conversation right there. Because whenever I just said that, you're thinking Chet, you're thinking Victor, you're thinking all these other bigs who look funny. Another argument that you use against these bigs is like, Joel Embiid would just base them into the, into the third deck. They're too small to guard Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has not stayed on the floor his entire career. Didn't stay on the floor at Kansas. Can't stay on the floor in the NBA. He's, too, he's hurt. And he is built in a way where you say he's going to just overpower and dominate Chet and Victor. We've seen guys of all body types get hurt. And guys of all body types not get hurt. And why it's disingenuous is we're going to make those predictions and you can sit here and say, well, Chet and Victor, they're going to get hurt all the time. And if they do, you're going to say, see, I was right. And if they don't get hurt all the time, you're not going to circle back to that. You're not going to say, well, I was wrong. They actually lasted better than I thought that they would. So it's a, it's a no-win game for, for these players. Again, find me the injury that happens because you're too small, because you're too skinny. Find me the injury that, that is directly correlated to being too skinny. You can find injuries that are directly correlated to a 7'2 seven, a seven guy that has a, a high usage role in the offense. You can find those correlations. But because a guy's too skinny, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to take a shoulder bump from Joel Embiid and be out for the season. It's a funny meme on Twitter if you if you want to go that route, but it's not realistic. So so Victor has literally no up, no, no, no downside and all upside and, and, and can be a generational player and has, and has appeared that way the entire time. And that's part of the conversation with Chet too, right? Like Chet's only injury happened in August. Whereas Victor has been getting bumps and bruises the last couple of years, Victor has. But there's not as much frame talk with Victor as there is Chet. But there is some with Victor. And I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Find me the injury that happens because you're skinny. And that's the only reason why you get the injury. It just doesn't work that way. They're either going to get hurt or they're not. That's the, that goes for every single player of every single body type and every single position and every single sport. Either they don't get hurt and we call them an Iron Man, or they get hurt all the time and we say that they're injury prone. No matter what they look like, no matter what they, what anything else happens. So there's no downside to, to, to Victor and only upside. Adding him to this roster would immediately break basketball and change the game of basketball because you're going to be running it through a 30-point-per-game score on the perimeter, two stretch bigs that stand over seven feet tall, one of the best passers that we have in the league, and a highly efficient rookie, which I think could help J-Dub too. Like, I think J-Dub would actually love this to happen. So I think that J-Dub is more comfortable offensively, at least at Pearsall's rookie year, being in a role where he can just make the right decisions, read the defense, and react. He doesn't necessarily want to be put in a role where he has to, to go be the aggressor, at least not in his rookie season. And so he can just stay a high efficiency score that makes defenses pay. And his numbers will go up based upon the, the roster getting better. 
Jacob doesn't necessarily have to get more aggressive for his numbers to go up. It can just be the fact of guys are paying attention to three other players and you have the savviness, you know, Jacob does have the savviness to make a, a, a defender pay if they're ball watching, if they're overhelping, if they're overcommitting. He has the potential, he has the ability to see uh, a play happen and unfold before it actually does and cut behind the defense. An easy two points happens right there. He also has tough shot making abilities. And he also can knock down the open ones. Like it, this, this would help everyone, but also would look funny. You got to admit, it would be strange to see two seven plus guys sharing a floor together. And how would they defend on the perimeter? Now, I think that that could be worked out because of their length and ability to time block shots, which they both have a very good, good grip on. You can sag off of guys on the perimeter and close out because of your length. You can also play a bit too high, but then, but then get beat and recover because of your length. So there's ways to work around those two guys defending the perimeter. But whenever you have lineups, and I'm not going to talk about starters, but just like eventually we, if this happened, we'd see a lineup of like Shea, Dort, Dub, Chet, Victor, or Victor, Chet, whoever you prefer to play the quote-unquote five where those three guys are just running around the perimeter like a chicken with their heads cut off and, and just and just flustering opponents. And then the other two, Chet and Victor, are just basically safeties out there. And they're, and they're playing help side, they're rotating, and wiping everything away. And that would be incredibly fun. That would be incredibly fun to watch these guys try to mesh together, try to play together, and, and, and play elite-level defense together. And that turns into transition offense, which Chet thrives in, which Victor thrives in, which Shea thrives in, which J-Dub thrives in, which every player thrives in on this roster, which is why the Thunder played with the third most pace this year offensively. You would see an absurd reaction from me and every other person in and around Oklahoma City and in and around the NBA landscape if this 1% chance came through because the Thunder would immediately be the, the, the team you have to watch play basketball. Victor's already going to do that for any team he's on. But, like, you're going to be interested in Victor no matter who he's on, but if he goes to the Pistons or, like, the Spurs or whatever, you're going to check in on him, see how he's doing. If he goes to the Thunder, that changes the landscape of basketball immediately. That changes everything immediately. And as I said, it sets up, it would set up, one of the best, the best talent accumulation ever. But you'd have to then capitalize on it. You'd have to take advantage of it. And it sets up uh, quite the hole in Mr. Bennett's pocket book <laughs> if, if they get all these guys and have to figure out a way uh, to, to pay them. I, I would love to see the spreadsheet of the capologist if this were to happen. I've had to figure this all out, especially with a new CBA coming into town. But I wanted to start the, the, the Draft Prospect Profile series just with a fun little episode. We're doing this every single day, folks. Have some fun with it. Don't be a Debbie Downer like, oh, this isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. We can live in that world in 20 days. And we will live in that world in 20 days, more than likely. But for the time being, just have fun with it. Think about the possibility of that 1% chance coming through. And the Thunder would immediately be one of the most hated franchises in sports because... Every rebuilding team who just who just tried so hard to get Victor is so mad that you not only got the experience of having the runner-up in Rookie of the Year, 
having the runner-up in, in, in MIP, having a first-team All-NBA guy, having the runner-up in Coach of the Year, winning 40 games and still not having Chet play yet, and, and he's going to come back and make a positive impact on the team. But then you got the generational talent who everyone thought you were going to tank for six months ago, but then you didn't tank for him. Oh, gosh, it would just, it would be uncontrollable. And as I said yesterday, or, or Monday, I should say, Monday's show, if this happens... And if the Thunder even jumps to the top four, like if that eight, I'll give you 8% chance. If the Thunder jumps to the top four, I will sing both parts of Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow's picture uh, in matching tune. I'll be that excited. I might do that for free anyway, but I'll especially do it if uh, if Victor is in Oklahoma City or if, if one of the top four prospects uh, is in OKC. It'd be a lot of fun. Coming up, let's do some tankathon spins to see what would happen in each result. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at Game Time. Game Time's awesome. Download the Game Time app today and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. And then what you're going to do is go to the Game Time app, download your account, and you're going to use our code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off because you can get theater tickets, comedy club tickets, music tickets, sport tickets, whatever you want over there for the best prices, guaranteed, uh, and especially at last-minute tickets. You don't have to stress over tickets. You can just get hype over the event that you are going to with flash deals, last-minute tickets. It's easy to buy them, and you have them for every kind of event in your area, and you even get images from your seat. That way you know what you're buying. Lowest prices guaranteed, and even cancellation protection for the event and job loss protection they have you covered, so make sure that you go there right now. If there's an event coming up where when you first heard about the event, you thought, ah, I'm probably not going to go to it, but now it's getting closer and you really regret not getting tickets and not just going for it, do it right now over there at game time. So check it out today uh, by creating a, creating an account and using code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $20 off of your uh, of your first purchase. So go over there right now to game time. Use the code LOCKEDONNBA. Also want to tell you right now, but good friends over at Nissan. Nissan's great, folks. It's the Nissan Aria Player of the Week. So we're going to break down who the most electric, brilliantly fierce, fiercefully elegant, stunningly powerful player is for the 2023 Nissan Aria All Electric, All New uh, Player of the Week. I'm going to give it to Jimmy Butler. I know there's no thunder tied to this, but that historic performance to put the Heat up three-one and put the Bucks on the brink of elimination becoming another eight seed to be the one seed if they can pull this off. That performance will be historic. It was electric to see it go down. Stunningly powerful, elegantly brilliant. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs a pin you to your seat punch and a premium intelligence all-in-one EV. It's the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. We're back. On the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, it's great. It is great to see draft season here. I love draft season. And before you know it, it'll be the combine. It'll be private workouts. We'll be tracking it all here on Lockdown Thunder and on thundersintentions.com. So make sure you check that out as well. And on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. But right now... We get to do Tankathon for 20 more days. We get to do Tankathon. We used to do this the entire season, but this year we have not done Tankathon a whole lot. 
Let's do our first spin. Charlotte leaps up for number one. They get Victor. Washington leaps up six spots to number two. Portland leaps up two spots to number three. Houston gets four. Detroit, five. San Antonio, six. Orlando, seven. Indiana, eight. Utah, nine. Dallas, ten. Uh, Orlando via Chicago, 11, and OKC has 12. It's interesting to evaluate this in the sense of moving up. If the Thunder did want to trade up, which I know, you know, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Sam Presti conversation about, you know, paint and houses and, and, and wanting to evaluate where the 2024 picks are before you, you talk about moving them. There's going to be a point where there's a player on the board that you might like that, that it wouldn't really matter any of that stuff. Like that's, that's great to have a plan in theory, but everyone's, everyone's got a plan if they get punched in the mouth. Right. So like if there's a, if there's a scenario where your perfect player, whoever that is for Sam Presti, his perfect player falls to six, seven, eight, he's going to make a trade to go get his perfect player. Now his perfect player might not fall to where you just stand pat and, 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 and follow with the plan that you want to. So I don't think anything that Sam Presti said should be taken as like, there, there's no way they're going to trade up. They could still trade up. It's not likely, but they could still trade up. And what I would circle here is Indiana at eight, maybe Orlando at seven, but really Indiana at eight, maybe Utah at nine to where you say, hey, Utah, can we give you 12 in your pick pack and we get nine because our perfect darling player, player, um, you know, fell to nine and you can get your pick back to take pressure off you this off season where you can make any moves you want to make good or bad and you get 12. So you get pretty much the same player, but it's not our perfect player. that's going to be there at 12. Maybe you do that. Maybe you just stand pat no matter what happens, but like this scenario would be interesting to see if it really shook out this way of like, would they try to get up to eight whenever Indiana falls and that kind of maybe changes their plan? Who knows? The next spin. Has Orlando going to number one up five spots? Orlando getting Victor and getting the, sec- the, the, the number one overall pick for the second consecutive year and pairing Victor with Paolo. And, and oh my gosh, this would be an incredible team also uh, to watch. It's Orlando, Houston, Detroit, San Antonio, Charlotte, Portland, and then the rest is in order. The next spin is Charlotte again leaping up to number one. Chicago leaping up nine spots, which means Dallas loses their pick. And Utah fell to 10. Another interesting move for Utah. That was the price to move up at a slot way up high uh, for Dallas going from five to three to get Luka. It'd be interesting to see, you know, and the price was this current pick plus a future pick. So maybe you can do that for 10 uh, more easily than nine if you wanted to. The next spin, Charlotte keeps getting the number one overall pick. I don't know what's happening. Why is Tankathon a big freaking Charlotte fan? Charlotte just got the second overall pick. This is ridiculous. There it is. Oklahoma City leaped up 11 spots, the first overall selection to take Victor. But I do want to have the conversation about the second overall pick. Like what if, so in this, in this scenario, the Thunder leaped up to one. Chicago joined them in leaping up and they leaped up to number two. Portland got three. Dallas joined them and leaped up to four. Not a single top, or I should say bottom four team, finished in the top four. This would be pandemonium. And for the sake of argument, because we just talked about what Victor would do, 
let's just say that Chicago leapfrogged OKC for one, but OKC did jump up with, with Chicago and went to number two instead. So just flip, flip those two guys. We talked about this with Mavs draft, but if the Thunder found themselves at two, as much as winning 40 games was fun and going to the play-in was fun, this rebuild's not over yet. As Sam Presti said, they're still a below 500 team. You've got to take Scoot Henderson here. Scoot Henderson could be a star in this league. The production he had against grown men is worth putting heavy stock into. And watching him in person, he plays bigger than he is. He looks bigger than he does on, on, on television. Scoot's awesome. And he takes Scoot at number two. Another route, though, would be trading back. What would what would Detroit, for example, or Houston do to give up, to get to two after they just suffered through this, this brutal rebuild? Let's look at Detroit. They fall to their worst case scenario at five. What would they do to get to two? To where, with the Thunder, let's just think that, that Sam Presti's board matches our board of guys that we would love. And so for me, I love Jerese Walker. And let's just ignorantly think that, that Sam Presti agrees with me. And he loves Jerese Walker too. And you could probably get Jerese Walker at five. What would you do if you're Detroit to go from five to two and salvage this bad lottery luck? That would then be the Thunder can, you know, accumulate even more assets. And I think that people get confused because the national media has done such a bad job of letting this get out of control of like, oh, Sam Presti only cares about draft picks. Sam Presti just loves draft picks more than he loves winning and more than he loves current players. You've got to be forward thinking. You know how the Warriors became a dynasty? They were, quote unquote, light years ahead. How you get light years ahead is by being forward thinking. If the Thunder were to get two and then trade, you know, to five and get future assets, what that would do is, and obviously be predicated upon draft capital, so you get even more draft capital assets. What that would do is give you a more robust treasure trap of first round picks to where you can do trades while still having draft picks left over to take cheap, controllable talent. That's going to be the biggest buzz phrase around Bricktown in two or three years because your roster outside of the big core, outside of Shea, Chet, Giddy, Dub, outside of those guys, the roster has to be cheap, controllable talent. And you get that by hitting your first-round picks. And you and you have more bites at the apple with more first-round picks. You've got to nail these draft picks from now on because you're not going to have the ability to go out there and overpay guys because you've got to pay your own guys. So you supplement that and circumvent that with continuing to draft very well. So yes, the Thunder have a lot of draft picks right now. But yes, they also use more and you know, could use more and draft picks get even more valuable with this new CBA, it appears. So that would not be a terrible decision. It would also not be a terrible decision to just keep two and draft Scoot if that were to happen. But I think that that, I think of all the outcomes that could happen, the most interesting one in terms of like content and in terms of like philosophy and in terms of just, just talking basketball and, and, and ripple effect action would be getting like two or three for OKC. Cause you get, anyone gets one, they're taking Victor. doesn't matter. Conversations over on lottery night, but you get two or three and you're in the spot. OKC's in. what do you do? And do we look back on that as a, as a great decision, whatever this decision would end up being or a terrible one. It could really just take shape of, of your franchise and of the direction of your team. And in all likelihood, 
none of this will be mattered. You know, none of this will matter in 20 days. It'll be about the 12th overall pick. But again, thank you for indulging me for another off-season pod and for just a day of fun uh, before we really buckle down and look at at some players who are more realistic or at least doesn't need a 1.8% chance of happening uh, to get Victor. It's a lot of fun, though. Let me know what you think about Victor. Let me know what you think about the Thunder's draft pick, wherever it may be, uh, and who you want to hear from immediately. We're going to do our draft profiles here where we talk about uh, every prospect in the draft. We're going to start with Therese Walker tomorrow, but past that, who do you desperately want to hear about? And I'll move them up the ladder very quickly of guys that we're going to talk about for the upcoming NBA draft. We have a whole NBA draft playlist that you can go listen to. We have our we have last year's um, draft profile series in a playlist as well. It's where you can go on YouTube and find that to see kind of what the format is and uh, and see kind of where we were wrong on most prospects or right on most prospects uh, over there uh, at youtube.com. Uh, you can just search up Locked on Thunder. Also, wherever you get your podcasts from, thank you so much for joining us today and every single day. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.